0: Puri called me and he said, Would you like to do research for real estate in India? I said, Have you lost
1: your mind? There's no data about analytics. I said, Even if I talk rubbish, yeah. people will listen. Right. When we started 2007, Blackstone, I mean, the entire real estate investment industry was opaque. This is an industry where there's a lot of black money and there's a lot of cash. How can you even trust uh, the data that's coming out? We used to base a lot of our decisions on gut, on what we heard in the market, and so on as many research reports that all our IPC friends together put. You looked at real estate from a data point of view, right? So you come from like a different vantage point from almost all of us. It's if you good. again
0: go back to the top thousand unicorns of the world, yeah. it's only US, India and China. Although, if you are were to invest today, <laughs> where would you put your money? Bangalore still, people call it the uncrowned king. I call it the crowned king. Right. That ORR is bigger than Calcutta, Chennai and Pune City. h and always loved Property yeah. actually we all love, but yeah. they could afford it. Yeah. The minute you add NRI in front of HNI, they will love it more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the dollar keeps rising. I remember in JLL we used to say India is a dollar country. At that time dollar was forty five. Yeah. Our rent was forty five. Yeah. The dollar has gone to eighty. Our rent has gone to eighty. We still a dollar country. <gasps> when COVID hit us, there was a very large tenant. I'm not going to take their name. They had given uh, Times of India headlines saying that we are vacating office spaces by 30-40%. I remember that. that. And that time I had uh, commented on it that that's only a negotiation. (laughs) We said exactly (laughs) the same thing.
1: (laughs) Some of the biggest decisions today are made by data, whether it's election results or consumer buying patterns or, in our case, investment decisions in real estate. Data is the primary fuel that drives accurate decision making. And today, welcome to episode two of the PropShare podcast series, where we are in conversation with Abhishek Gupta, co-founder and CEO of CRE Matrix, which has been the uh, Pioneer of uh, data-driven analytics in uh, in India their deep intelligence software CRE matrix the product is fantastic We've been using it for many many years now and so have a lot of uh, large private equity funds developers uh, IPC's whoever needs any sort of data to make decisions on uh, on real estate so i'm very very excited today to speak to uh, abhishek and uh, i'm sure we have uh, a lot to speak about i have a lot of questions for him but uh, before we start abhishek i mean welcome to welcome to the podcast and thank you, uh, thank you. Uh, yeah i mean tell us tell us about CRE matrix and yourself and how this whole thing started <laughs> so it started with um, JLL. Okay. To be very honest, because pr- prior to
0: that I was in London, yeah. happily working for the Pru, right. which had a lot of data, yeah. insurance, and UK. Um, Anuj Puri called me and he said, "Would you like to do research for real estate in India?" I said, "Have you lost your mind? There's no data, what analytics?" <laughs> um, long story short, I said, "Even if I talk rubbish, yeah. people will listen." Right. Right. Because nobody knows anything, anyways. Yeah. Uh, So fast forward, uh, from a zero member team, we then became a 40 member team, Uh, then I said I'm done with this, Uh, went on to Bank of America, became a client of my own product, uh, which was a bit of a gear shift, Um, and then um, decided to start my own firm, because you know that Marwadi Khun came back, and I said I need to do something of my own, and that's how CRE Matrix started. Um, We wanted to do it differently, because uh, at that time we were only dependent on broker data okay which is a small portion of the entire market yeah this time we decided to go to the horse the horse's mouth right? Right. we went to the government officially purchased all lease and sale agreements of any real estate asset in the country right whether it's an office or a mall or a high street or a residential tower or a warehouse So when you say purchase, you actually go to the government and say, I want to buy your data. So we don't buy data. We buy the lease and the sale agreement, which is actually just a PDF document. So the government says that they've digitized real estate, but their definition of digitization is scanning documents, which is not true. Digitization is what we are doing. So we read that document, we extract all the data from them, and we try converting that to intelligence on a cloud platform so that all our clients exactly know before they make the decision. Yep. Right? So if I say it in my style, we help developers build better, Right. banks lend better, right? we know where the NPAs are, yeah. uh, brokers broke better, and
1: investors invest better. That's yeah. the idea. Absolutely. Basically, as simple as that. Yeah. Just, you provide the kind of data that each one of these participants need to base their decisions on, which is fantastic, because ultimately that's how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be an efficient market where you have all the data you need before you make a decision. I mean, if I, if I speak from my, let's say, institutional investing experience in Blackstone versus also my experience now in investing uh, through PropShare. Uh, when we started 2007, Blackstone, I mean, the entire real estate investment industry was opaque. Right? Mm-hmm. And, the, and the whole thing was, this is an industry where there's a lot of black money and there's a lot of cash. How can you even trust uh, the data that's coming out? And where is the data? Like when we are buying, let's say, uh, underwriting a land project in parade. You know, now we need to know. Okay, what's the construction cost? We know that, Uh, but what's the rent going to be two years later when we finish? But where is the data on what rents have been on this micro market, right? So we used to base a lot of our decisions on gut, on what we heard in the market, and so on. But today, your product is is so good that we could just look at all the leases in the micro market, time wise, see what were the lease contours of each one of these uh, leases and then base a very very kind of make a sound decision on investing right
0: that is the idea so we on the same point i'll share a story a developer came to us and said we are buying this asset or we're building this asset you tell us the valuation today t and t plus five okay right we can even do that right because i would know what is the rental escalation in that property right Over the next five years or seven years, right. So I can then even do that T and T plus five comparison for you, right? Right. Right. Wow, which not many people can do in the in the country. So, who are who are your big clients today uh, in each of these segments? Developers, banks, investors, and occupiers, and then of course the IPCs. Let's just call them
1: brokers. Right. So we are able to cater to every stakeholder who is operating in the real estate space. Okay. So some of the largest funds, some of the largest IPCs, almost all of them, I guess, right? They are all clients of CRE matrix. I mean, I remember when we started uh, you know, looking at uh, data, CRE matrix and a couple of others, we said, look, I mean, uh, it's a great product. The data is amazing. But we also need to sell internally to the investment committee sitting somewhere, right? So, how, how can we show CRE matrix, a brand which nobody knows? But from then on, you evolved now to a place where there's CRE matrix everywhere, right? Whether it's the <laughs> Blackstone Investment Committee report or the memo or, you know, the, the IPC or, or Economic Times, you're kind of everywhere. So did it take a lot of effort to build that brand? I'm sure it did, right? Always.
0: Right. Um, but I think what worked very well was COVID. Right. Uh, to be very honest. Okay. Um, because COVID allowed us to step back and gave us forceful time to rethink and think. Okay. Right? Because at that time, we were just not sure what's happening to the world. Right. And one thing we consciously decided to do was write more content. Okay. Um, we were confident of our data. We, just was, we were not ready to write a lot of content right. because everything was revenue, revenue, revenue. Okay. Right? COVID gave us the chance to write content. Okay. And that just changed the game for us. Right. Um, we are now, as you said, um, newspapers or media loves us because we are on NDTV all the time, we are on newspapers, Ecotimes, Times, every newspaper. Um, We write as many research reports that all our IPC friends together put in the entire year. Wow. And this has made clients, students, all kinds of people reach us, asking, hey, we read this somewhere. What do you guys actually do? Can you please help us? Can you please tell us what you do?
1: So I think that worked very well for us. Okay. and if I were to ask you, you know, the you've looked at real estate from a data point of view, right? So you come from like a different vantage point from almost all of us, where we've looked at transactions, what's happened in the market, but you look at the data behind those transactions. Mm-hmm. So if you look at, you know, your in your experience of uh, uh, researching, running prop uh, sorry C R E matrix, what are the key drivers of commercial real estate today, and why is it that Bangalore absorbs 25% of all office absorption in India, or Pune does, you know, four or five million square feet or Hyderabad. What what are the key drivers in each of these markets? Okay. So I'm going to split this question
0: into two. CRE drivers can be many. Okay. Right? It can be government policies. What happened to SEZs, what happened to STPI, IT parks. It can be the growth of the economy. Right. Um,
1: It can be uh, various other things. The outsourcing, uh, the whole outsourcing thing, which brought all these multinationals yeah. to India. But
0: my favorite is the occupier. Right, right. That's the demand. Okay. Now, where is that coming from? Um, and the and the changing face of that occupier. So, if you go back to 1990s or early 2000s, it was all Indian corporates and MNCs. Right? They're still the biggest. Yeah. But startups like us. Yeah. Um, if I might you yeah, yeah, in that. Um, were only 1% shareholder of total CRE's occupied space in India. This is in the year 2010. Right. Cut to 2022, it's about 10%. Wow. Now, just to give the numbers in perspective, the total India Grade A space is about 750 million square feet. Right. So they were less than 7 million. Yeah. And now they're more than 70 million. Right. This is startups. Yeah. And in, this is just, India is just starting. If you again go back to the top thousand unicorns of the world, it's only U.S.,
1: India, and China. Right, right. That's where it ends. I totally. So India has a long way to go. I totally agree. Like in early 2000, I remember the key driver used to be call center. You know, that was the big thing in India, where there were so many call centers. They were taking up more space, and then suddenly all the call centers moved to Philippines. Vietnam and all of these low-cost destinations and people realized that look India has a lot of smart people We can do a lot more <laughs> than just speak on the phone. Yes, you know, and they said they started doing crazy stuff in, in, in India. Goldman Sachs runs its entire research uh, Hedge fund analytics out of the Bangalore office. Target does its entire uh, mall design in the US out of uh, the India office the entire R&D of Microsoft is done done here So over, over the years we've moved into like the better part of the uh, real estate um, work, so to speak, starting off from call centers to now really high-end analytics, and and you're right, like you know the occupiers are the ones who really drive uh, where the real estate market is headed,
0: and they even drive the flavor, right? For example, to my mind, over these twenty years that I've seen offices, their charistri- characteristic has also changed, right. right? Right? Offices have started getting larger. Yeah. So we used to have one lakh square feet. Half a million square feet. Now they become larger. Right. They become more greener.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. And this is going to be here to stay. Yeah. You're going to see only green buildings. Absolutely. And if you're not a green building, you're not getting the rents you want. Right. You might even not have. You might even have vacant space. Right. right? right. And you now also have what I call as future-proof buildings. Right. And not future-proof from a seismic zone perspective. Yeah. Yeah. But more from they have FNB there. Yeah. You've got um, the gym there. Right. You've got the crash there. We care about working mothers more than ever before. Yeah. So all of these things make the building that much more rental-proof or future-proof, I call it. Yeah. Right? Better parking, better facilities, better amenities, everything. Right. Um, so I think that's also changing in, in Indian
1: CRE context. It's absolutely true. I mean, if I think about the quality of the buildings, the way it's been driven is, when IBM came to India in early 2000, they told embassy or let's say any other developer that this is how you should be building buildings because we've come from uh, America where we build buildings like this. Mm -hmm. And here obviously the developers at that time didn't know how to build high quality glass facade buildings. And then slowly when newer, newer and newer guys started coming, they started telling developers, no, this is how it should be. This is the floor to ceiling height. This is the efficiency that we need. These are how the floor plate should be. The core should be in the middle. This is how the parking should be. And they learned and started building yeah. better and better and better, right? Yeah. And Absolutely. today when I look at warehousing, sorry to just kind of go off topic, it's almost the same. Today warehousing is in like what office used to be in early 2000, right? Where people are building, but they don't know what a good quality warehouse looks looks like. The racking system, the mechanized lifting, the eaves heights, how much ground coverage you need. But now that Amazon is coming in, they are building, bringing the intelligence and telling developers, look, this is what I want. If you build it like this, I will rent it. Yeah. And I think over the next 10-15 years, similarly in warehousing, the same thing is going to happen where uh, the occupier is going to drive how quality Always. of the asset is going to look like.
0: Always. And then they bring in that expertise from you know, more developed countries. Just helps that CRE right. um, that much better. Right. Right? So the whole ecosystem just gets, like, like how you said, right? We were first a call center, yeah. and now we have evolved up the value chain. Yeah. The same thing is happening with CRE as well.
1: Right, right. You're just getting better and better. Yeah, I totally agree. Now, you know, again, from like a data point of view, you obviously look at a lot of these leases that are happening, sales transactions. Uh, now you, you look at Bangalore, you look at ORR, Whitefield, Uh, North Bangalore, you look at Pune, Hinjewadi, you know, Harapsar, Karadi, you look at Bombay, Parel, Thane, you know, Navi Mumbai, BKC, you know, you're
0: familiar with all of these maps? Yes,
1: Which ones are the ones, if you were to invest today, (laughs) where would you put your money? For office. For office, for office. Hmm.
0: Bangalore for sure. Okay. And why do you say that? Why, why? Okay. The thing with Bangalore is, see, okay, let's step back a little. Right. Every city has its own flavour, right. it brings its own nuance to the occupier. Right. Right? Uh, Delhi is very trading in its DNA, right. Right? because it's always been a trading zone, yeah. because it caters to those five different states. Right. Right? Bombay has been very, very stock market-ish, yeah. BFSI yeah. kind yeah. of a character. Right. And then you're left with the Pune and the Bangalore and the Hyderabad. Uh, maybe even a chennai yeah. which is more it in its flavor yeah. right so each 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 its to own yeah. but you cannot take the weather the existing human capital right. and the 210 million square feet of grade a office space away from bangalore right right that's a fact and it's here to stay right right and which is why bangalore still People call it the uncrowned King. I call it the crowned King.. Right. That's the way it is, and it's going to be for a long, long time. Yeah. And I also would like to add my personal yeah. uh, uh, element on it,, yeah, which yeah. is the recreation, right. right If you go nothing against uh, my Hyderabad friends and Chennai friends, okay. but if you go to Hyderabad, there's very really little to on weekends, yeah, uh, in terms of women hill stations, right. But you are just a few hundred kilometers away from multiple hill stations around Bangalore. yeah, right. It's just more fun to live in, right uh, I, Frankly speaking, yeah, and it makes a difference, yeah right. Um, so, if you put all of these things together, Bangalore is the best. Right. Uh, if I have to pick my second favorite, yeah. uh, it would be Pune. Okay. Uh, or maybe Hyderabad. Okay. Right. But coming back to ORR. Right. Um, ORR is bigger than Calcutta, Chennai and Pune City. Nobody ever put it that way, but yeah, absolutely, you're right. ORR itself has got 75 million square feet of space. Of course, ORR being a little um, kind to ORR because it's all the way from Yelanka to Sarjapur. Yeah. So, it's a pretty large micro market yeah, in yeah, a way. Yeah. But it's bigger than these cities. So it's a city of its own. Yeah. Right. Um, And best of the tenants, best of the developers have built buildings. Uh, Infrastructure, which used to be a problem for Bangalore is getting
1: better. Yeah. Right. And the residential catchment, right? That is also a big, big advantage to ORR. I mean, if I think today why Goldman set up its ORR, they moved from embassy golf links. People cried. People who worked there, right? Because they were so close to the city. They moved their entire operations to Outer Ring Road. And now you've got Morgan Stanley. You've got JP Morgan. You've got every big bank is on that road. Every big tech company. The reason they love that is also because you've got BTM layout. You've got Koramangla, You've got Sarjapur itself. You've got Whitefield, Marthal. You can tap. Because ultimately for these guys, let's be clear, it's about the employees. You know, the attrition is high. In BPO market you need to have make sure that uh, they don't leave. So I mean if I look at four of the top 10 international schools in the country they are all in Bangalore you know and they are just off Sarjapur Ring Road. So, so you mean on that Varthur Road? Yeah on that Vartu Road. TISB, Inventure, Indus, Greenwood I mean you can name them right so and Bangalore was the pioneer of international you know IGCSE curriculum so in that way uh, we also have that huge catchment and all these guys working there then send the schools their kids to school there, they have malls close by, hospitals, it's just that belt has developed so well that now like you said, ORA is just like in its own uh, 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 a great catchment for it's both offices. It's a Australia's. city of itself. Yeah? I agree, I agree. It's, it's just
0: a whole ecosystem which runs on its own as you just rightly said.
1: There a report recently from CRE Matrix about how CRE has performed versus other asset classes. Uh, and how, you know, HNI's, family offices, all the sophisticated investors have always been uh, looking at, at at CRE. You know, so you know, how would you say investing in CRE is different from other asset classes or advantageous to the investor? Okay. to my mind, Indians always loved golden
0: property. That I agree. Okay. <laughs> so it's always been the case. Yeah. Right. Right from whatever. Um, so nothing new. However, the biggest hurdle was the ticket size. Yeah. Right? So if a normal person wants to buy an office complex, uh, the ticket size made it a bit prohibitive for him to do that. Right. Um, but when we wrote the report, we compared all 7-8 asset classes available to Indians, from gold to silver to FD to the, just the savings bank account, right, right. to CRE to the stock market. Yeah. And needless to say, the stock market equity, and CRE came on top. Okay. But the problem is, if you look at the stock market, it was better than CRE. But the volatility became a problem. Right? Right. People don't have the stomach for it. Yeah. Especially North Indians don't have the stomach yeah. for it. They always pay for the Koti And their- <laughs> um, The minute you, ha- you-, you want to be away from a little risk averse, then CRE comes in play. Right. right? Um, where you get capital appreciation, right. and you
1: get a regular annuity, Income coming, which is inflation hedged. That's like something that people don't kind of understand, exactly. right? Because today I invest 100 rupees and get 8 rupees in CRE, let's say, uh, and a year later with a 5% escalation, that that's 8.4, by the way. So for 8 rupees, you know, if I if I if I if I get a basket of goods today, a year later that 8 is not going to buy me the basket of goods, but 8.4. Is probably going to buy me the same basket of goods as long as inflation is also 5%, which is something that people actually kind of miss out. Right? Whereas in FD, you are kind of inflation is a massive, massive eroder of, of, of capital. Absolutely. We know that.
0: Absolutely. Just one more thing I want to mention is H&I always loved property. Yeah.
1: Actually, we all love, but
0: yeah. they could afford it. Yeah. The minute you add NRI in front of H they will <laughs> love it more. <laughs> <laughs> because that's their way to feel that they're connected to their. Right. Country. right. Right. And they all love buying in India. Yeah. Uh, it can be even a house. Yeah. I'm not just saying CRE is the only Why? it can be even a house, but it's just their favorite baby. Yeah. And the dollar keeps rising. I remember in JLL we used to say India is a dollar country. Yeah. At that time, dollar was 45. Yeah. Our yeah. rent was 45. Yeah. The dollar has gone to 80. Our rent has gone to 80. We're still a dollar country. <laughs> I... So for, for them, the, the rupee is it's, it's just cheaper and cheaper and cheaper.
1: Yeah. I, I, I say this all the time, right? <laughs> you know, when we. When we started investing, in the dollar was thirty-seven rupees in two thousand seven, even better. And uh, IBM's rent was thirty-seven. Today it's gone to eighty. IBM's rent is eighty. So as far as IBM is concerned, they've been paying a dollar of rent for go. the last fifteen years. Yes. Whereas all their revenues, by the way, are in dollars. So you know the cost is the same. That's why I told a lot of people in COVID. They asked work from home. People are going to leave everything. I said there is no way anybody is going to leave, because for them rent is a very, very small cost of the overall operating cost expenditure. You know, and that's something that people don't understand. For them, much bigger thing is to get that office space on Outer Ring Road, which is so difficult, and to get the employees to stay there.
0: You know know, Kunal, when COVID hit us, there was a very large tenant. I'm not going to take their name. They had given uh, Times of India headlines, saying that we are vacating office spaces by 30-40%. I remember that. And that time I had... Uh, commented on it that that's
1: only a negotiation <laughs> I said, we said exactly <laughs> the same thing we said exactly i, I read that uh, article and i came and i asked my co-founder i told him did you read this report yes. out today and he's like oh looks like they're going to negotiate some rents because there's no way they there's leave no of this way building. they left yeah uh, they're planning to leave yeah right so and yeah. the thing about media in this country is they see something like this and then they just plaster it everywhere and then the next you know, for the next, I think four five months, the only question I answered was this: Oh, did you read this? Yeah. They're going to vacate everything. Yeah. Nobody's going to be going to office. I said, you know, don't compare India to the West. West has uh, great infrastructure. They can sit at home and work for as long as they want, and it's front office. Here we are talking about guys just out of college coming into to work. If you don't supervise them, if if you don't see them on a daily basis, it's difficult to make them work. Second, you're sitting at home. I mean. I have a three bedroom flat and you know the pressure cooker goes off once in a while in the middle of a Microsoft Teams meeting. You know and just imagine a guy who is just out of college sitting there with three of his flatmates in the same room. How can you work like this? It's not, it's not possible and then there are power outages suddenly, the internet is so slow in India. You know so, you have, office is
0: something that's, that's here to stay at least in this country. But you know what, since you meant, mentioned offices and we discussed COVID, just some statistics to share. Yeah. The total grade A stock in India yeah. is about 750 million. We heard that right, before. Right. You know what is Manhattan? It's 750 million. Right. India is equal to Manhattan. Yeah. And US is five times bigger. Yeah. So they had this golden period of 70s, 80s, 90s, yeah. or 30-40 years of massive economic boom. Right. We are going through that now. Yeah. So it's not too far away when the 750 first touches a billion square feet. Yeah. Our sense predictive what we've done we should touch it by 2027 right two years of covid spoiled the game there right and then what we did between 1980s to 2020 or let's just call it 2027 yeah. so about 35 40 years yeah. to touch from let's say 10 20 million to the billion yeah we'll do it in half the time the next billion will be in half the time right mark my words no, um, i
1: i mean i can see like it.
0: like i'll tell you i've made some notes in 1990s we had about 20 30 million square feet of office space right in the next 10 years in the 2000s we added about 200 million right right so about six five six 5 6 times yeah in the next 10 years we added 500 million right, right? so you see 50 or it's 40 it's to 200 <laughs> to 500
1: <laughs> yeah right? Right. so right. no i do agree i do so agree th- that i mean in terms of area when we look at India today and compare it to the West, it's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. But that's good
0: news because if we, that's where we're going. Of
1: course, we have a long way to go. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. <laughs> uh, now, in terms of uh, data, right? uh, where is CRE matrix headed next? And where is data itself headed next in the commercial real estate industry? Where do you think this is going to go now? Now, we have good data, but what's, what, because data is today, you know, I mean, you know how it is, all the... Decisions are made by bots, artificial intelligence is big, machine learning. We ourselves use a lot of it in our decision making. Where is this going next in the real estate industry?
0: I think this is just a a stepping stone, my opinion, Yeah. stepping stone towards land digitization. And I think Alam I was coming um, into the airport, I saw Noida just made an announcement today morning. It's in the ET. They're, They're digitizing 13 lakh land records. Right? This doesn't mean scanning. No. <laughs> yeah, I hope not. Um, but if they don't do it, we'll do it. So, after doing it for offices and malls and warehouses, um, we can do it for land and residential as well. Right. Of course, much, much larger volume. And we'll come to residential in a minute. After that, this is all going to go towards blockchain. Yeah. Right? So, the three bedroom house is referred to. Yeah. Let's say I want to buy it. Right. There will be a day, mark my words, I will not even meet you. Right. You'll have all your information on blockchain. Yeah. With all the VR, AR, the whole enchilada. Yeah. Um, the paperwork, of course, the legal right. and everything. Right. Right. I will sit in my pajamas yeah. and I will see it. Yeah. Of course, if I want to just put the name and the face together and right. a handshake, you know, people like to do yeah. that. Yeah. Um, we might meet. Yeah. But all the initial setup will be done either me independently on the platform. Yeah. Or through a broker. Yeah. Right. So that is coming for sure, and that's yeah. going to be a massive disruption. Right. Um, coming back to residential in a minute. In Resi, okay, one second, how many malls in India? 150 malls? 200 malls? Yeah, yeah. How many office buildings in India? I mean, thousands. 20,000? 30,000? Yeah, at least. Okay, how many residential towers? Four times that, I would say. I can't count them. Yeah. Right? Huge. Yeah. We're trying to digitize that as well. Right. So I'm just giving you a perspective on the volume. Yeah. Right? So that, it's already happened. We've actually created a mobile app. Yeah. You can go on the mobile app and it's free and search for any building, and we've only done it for Maharashtra and Bangalore this, this right is now. This tax. is indexed. This yeah. is We've only done it for Maharashtra and Bangalore because of the sheer volume. Yeah. Right? Uh, but we're getting there, to the other cities as well. Right. Go and search for your building, unit number, floor number, building name, wing of the building, right. area of the apartment, at what price was it leased or sold. Yes. It was unimaginable five years back. It was. It Even was. to us. Because we said, okay, offices, malls, we can do it. You can count them on your fingertips or Excel can count it. Right. Excel can't count houses in Bombay. Yeah. Forget about India. Right. Right? So the volume makes it difficult. Plus, Maharashtra is in Marathi. This is Kannad. Then there's Telugu. Yeah. Then there's Tamil. Yeah. Then there's Bengali. Right. How do you convert all of those beautiful languages to English? Right. Easier said than done.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? So all of this disruption is happening and it'll happen at a breakneck speed. We won't even imagine it'll happen. Right. Right? I love Bill Gates for this dialogue of his. He said people always underestimate what can happen in 10, 20 years and they overestimate what can happen in the next two, three years. Right. Right. So India is going to just show, first of all, adopt things
1: faster and show the world that we can do it much faster than what you did. So you think data is going to become more and more digitized going forward and forget, you know, you can transact on a platform through blockchain in the next 5, 10, 15 odd years. It's happening. I know that Hyderabad has already done it. It's I know that Dubai, for example, yeah. is already on this big time. I can buy a flat in Dubai, I can just enter my uh, blockchain key and I can yeah. see who's the owner, who was the previous owner, where are all the documents and we could just pay right there, either cash or through some coin or whatever and then suddenly my name gets added here and that's it done, you know, you don't even need to do, to do a handshake, I, yeah. I mean, that's, then, that's the holy grail of... And then
0: add in the AR and the VR and then all of this data into it,
1: yeah.
0: it's right in front of you. So it is happening, India is a little tough, Yeah, uh, because we need to get that digitization done first, right, the, right. The, the dirty game has to happen, once the base is set, then we'll do it super fast.
1: I mean, just to, you know, on our own platform, uh, Our platform is designed for people to buy real estate sitting somewhere else, right? Yes. Uh, And a lot of the questions are, I've not seen the property, how do I see it and so on. And now you can actually do, you know, through various softwares like Matterport, for example, you can actually see the exact floor. and we've made it live in our latest listing for the first time. And if you come to office, we actually give you a VR headset. You can wear that and you can walk the floor yeah, with me yeah. and I can show you exactly where the desks are, who's won this award on the wall, you know, I mean, the lift lobby, the entrance. I mean, it's kind of getting there.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm telling you, this is happening
0: as we talk, it's only going to get better and better. Of course, the volume makes it a little complex um, for residential, especially yeah. offices is still okay. Like imagine if you do it for Metaport for all, all residential apartments in India yeah, be or at least Bangalore. Yeah. It'll take
1: some time, Pick but, click time. but once it gets there, there yeah. we are definitely, we're definitely uh, uh, getting there. And you also mentioned uh, you know, in the initial part of the conversation about green buildings, you know, which I think is obviously one thing where also real estate is headed over time. If you're not green and if you don't have those credentials, it's going to be tougher and tougher to lease and get multinational tenants, tenants in. What kind of
0: trends are you seeing there? So remember, we spoke about two things. Yeah, One, the whole CRE is driven by auto occupier right and that occupier is coming in from their global experience and they want those as a basic benchmark right so that's one part of the story which is the demand driven green buildings and second as that demand kept coming these developers get got smarter and smarter and smarter and smarter plus they wanted to get a competitive advantage compared to other buildings so green came as a blessing in disguise, saying that if my building is green, and of course, you can have the silver, you've got the gold, you've got the platinum, and that has become the norm. Right. So we're seeing that more and more and more. So more is less, because that's required. And again, for me, green is not just the better glasses, the better carpeting, the better AHUs. It doesn't end there, it only starts there. Uh, for me, green is also having the green Starbucks in your office. Yeah. <laughs> You know, better parking, right. uh, better infrastructure, yeah. uh, all those facilities, services, services, services. all of that put together will make sure that you get that delta of rentals that, uh, that you also put in in terms of your cost. Because all of this comes at a cost, nothing comes free. Right. Right? So we did some analysis on a grade A building, which is non-green and green. And you would be impressed to know that the delta in Bombay at least, was as much as 15 rupees. And that's the cost of maintaining this building you're talking about? No, the no, 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 no. If I'm a tenant, okay. oh, sorry. if you're a developer, by making a green building, you, get that much you more can rent. get that much more rental.
1: I can believe that, yeah, absolutely.
0: Right? So then it's worthwhile doing it, yeah. because it's not that you're getting an additional rental, but also ensuring that your building gets occupied before the other, the other buildings.
1: Yeah. We know how mercenary developers can be, so when, <laughs> when you tell them 15% higher, they're going to do it, yeah. you know, and that's how they're always making the so, decisions. So, so green
0: buildings is not, and it's not an India phenomenon. it's actually a global phenomenon because it's not only about US and UK and Australia anymore. It's also about the Vietnam, the Philippines, the Brazil, all of these, right, the, bri- the bricks,
1: yeah. whatever they are, yeah. they're all doing I mean, it. I mean, today, uh, the REIT, you'll be surprised that some fund managers won't even buy the REIT. Because some of the buildings are not green, you know, and therefore just the focus has moved a lot towards ESG, green buildings and so on, because that's where, you know, the West is headed and they are very, very... uh, Very clear. uh, ...clear about it. So, you know, and I totally agree that that's something that we need to... Somebody told me
0: that there are even those glasses which are double paneled or
1: double... And they,
0: they change based on the temperature outside. Okay. So if it's too hot, they'll keep you cool inside. Nice. If it's too cold, they'll keep you... Warm. I don't understand the science behind it, but I've heard that. Okay. Uh, don't know whether it's implemented in India already, or it's just a prototype. Okay. But I've uh, read some articles. sure it's a matter
1: of time before it kind of gets here.
0: So, super. Great. (laughs)
1: Fantastic. Uh, Very, very exciting, uh, you know, to have spoken to you. Like I said, I was, I personally was looking forward to meet you for a very, very long time. And like I said, we are big, big, uh, uh, you know, users of uh, CRE Matrix on its platform. We are uh, very, very impressed by what you've done to the industry, and you've just you've taken the industry to a different level, I feel. You know, you've, been a, have, you've had a positive impact on the entire industry, which has been great coming from, you know, whether it's the developer side. I mean, every participant wants more data, right? That's how you make decisions. Today, if you want to buy a stock, you want to know the entire history of that stock, you know, its, it's financials and so on. And that's something that was just totally lacking in real estate. I think you guys came in and just completely uh, changed that landscape. Uh, and it's just it's 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 just a matter of time before you take it to the next level I mean I I, I saw that uh, the residential app that you showed me I mean it's very very impressive I'm going to download that straight away after this thank you please uh, do podcast <laughs> and uh, just very very happy to have you uh, have you here and thank you so much for coming thank it was you a pleasure, Absolute pleasure pleasure to you.
0: thank you so much
1: Fantastic. Okay, thank you so much for uh, attending this podcast. And uh, thanks again to Abhishek for coming and uh, talking to us about data and CRE matrix and uh, the real estate industry in general. So we'll see you next time for the next episode in the PropShare podcast series. Thank you.